The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The gospel passage I just read for this Thanksgiving Day service is in the lectionary for obvious reasons, isn't it? Jesus heals ten lepers, then one of them returns to give thanks. The text says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Now, on Thanksgiving Day, millions of people will do some version of this around the dinner table. Um, they will, maybe this year will be around the outdoor picnic table, but they will give thanks to God for the gifts that they have received. The prostration will probably happen later, uh, though, as a result of an oversupply of food and drink. Now, I feel that Thanksgiving is both important and evocative. It's an evocative and important day. And I suspect that I'm not alone in, in feeling this. The feasting, football, and friends and family, and here in Virginia, the autumn is so beautiful, all the things that I personally love, um, that most of us are forced to have at least a hobbled version of this deep day is difficult. How I wish we could be having this service that you're watching uh, right now in, 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 in church, in Christ Church, on Thanksgiving Day at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's one of my favorite services of the year. The next best thing, I guess, is to give you that service today online. And we, in fact, preempted the electionary Christ the King uh, readings for the Thanksgiving Day readings and service. And at least we've all rolled out the cornucopia. We have the Thanksgiving liturgy. We have the we gather together. We have the now thank we all our God. And I pray that your Thanksgiving Day uh, is, despite all odds, full of genuine gratitude. Uh, genuine gratitude. I witnessed some genuine gratitude the other day. I was visiting the kids uh, in our preschool a few weeks ago in our outdoor classroom. And that's always super fun, super cute. There are snacks and there's sandboxes. There's a teepee. There's a little outdoor kitchen sink. And there's just the chatter and the wonder, the imagination of three-year-olds and four-year-olds. And so as I visited with them and then turned to leave to go back into my office, one smiling three-year-old boy called out, Paul, Paul. And I said, 
turned around and said, yes. And he said, with a little smile on his face, he said, thanks for coming to talk with us. <laughs> and that melted me, of course. Like, what three-year-old thanks an adult for coming to talk to him? I mean, for that matter, what person of any age thanks another person uh, for anything at all? Most of us too often are caught up in our own worlds for gratitude to break in. And often when we do thank another person, then the gratitude is obligatory. You know, son, say thank you to your grandmother. I mean, any parent knows that getting your children to write thanks, um, thank you notes for Christmas gifts is a kind of Herculean task. So when gratitude isn't obligatory, uh, if we're honest, often it's designed to get something out of somebody else for yourself. I mean, you, you, you want to win the other person's esteem or affection. You know, if I really thank her, uh, then she will like me. Um, now, like many children, I learned that there were two, quote, magic words, uh, please and thank you. And I wonder, do parents still use those magic words uh, when they try to instill manners into their children? I don't know. But think about, think about it, though, that language. What do magic words do? What do magic words do? Well, magic words, when they're spoken like a spell, they unlock doors or they make people levitate or they cause the speaker of the magic word to disappear, poof, in a flash, abracadabra, behold, the frog is now a prince. So it's the speaker of the magic words who wields power. And that doesn't sound much like authentic gratitude, does it? You might even say that curated gratitude of any kind, like a disciplined gratitude, although the well-mannered are certainly more pleasant to be around than the ill-mannered, and don't get me wrong, but curated gratitude is not much more than some hocus pocus. It seems to me, and this is the point of my sermon this morning, that authentic gratitude rises out of powerlessness rather than power. Authentic gratitude arises from powerlessness rather than power. Dustin Johnson won the Masters last week. He is known for his power over the golf ball, but even more so for his power over his emotions when he's on the course and off the course. He stays in control at all times. Though he's the number one player in the world, he has never won golf's major most coveted prize, which is the green jacket. And although he has uh, one victory in a major, he has been on the cusp of so many others and he's failed and they've slipped away. Last Sunday, however, he broke through and won at Augusta. And accordingly, his emotions, rarely expressed, broke through too. Now, while Tiger Woods, last year's winner, um, slipped the green jacket on DJ, this controlled and ever-stoic golfer just started crying. He couldn't even speak. And when he asked about it later, he said that 
He's always so good at controlling himself, but at that moment, he was so filled with, quote, gratitude, that was his quote, that he lost control. Again, authentic gratitude rises out of the lack of control, out of powerlessness rather than power. And that sure looks to be the case in today's Thanksgiving gospel passage. Leprosy, of course, was the epitome of powerlessness. Remember, being a leper meant that not only were you, you were, it meant that you were physically unclean first. You were physically unclean. Did you catch uh, the, the reading that they were, quote, keeping their distance? <laughs> that sounds pretty familiar to us right now, keeping our distance. But not only were they physically unclean, lepers were ritually unclean. And that meant that they were excluded from worship. That meant that according to Jewish law, lepers had to social distance themselves from everybody, including God. So you would think maybe that once healed, each one of these 10 lepers would come back to thank Jesus. But then again, maybe not, as we've said. As I said earlier, most of us are too caught up in our own agendas, too in control of our own situations, or so we think, to be overcome about that language, to be overcome by gratitude happening to you, despite you, overcoming you, against your will even. Now, I probably would have been in the pack of the nine lepers racing to the priests, excited to return to family and friends and church. I mean, they'd been on the outs for who knows how long. You know, so who can blame them for rushing headlong back into life without taking the time to thank the one who healed them? They probably didn't even think about him. But the one who came back to thank Jesus was the Samaritan. And that's an important point here. And it's important to the point I'm trying to make in this sermon. In Jewish culture, Samaritans were powerless. They were not full-blooded Jews. Therefore, they had no right to worship in God's house. They had no claim to God's love and mercy. And to the point of the passage, they had no expectation of God's healing. This Samaritan man, leper, was completely powerless. So you can see why he rushed back to Jesus, praised God with a loud voice, fell prostrate in worship at our Lord's feet. Oh, it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? A man overwhelmed with gratitude by being given a gift that he did not deserve. Does that strike a note in you? Being given a gift that you do not deserve? Maybe this pandemic has awakened the powerlessness in you. And might that be a good thing? And if gratitude most naturally springs from an awareness that we have been given something that we do not deserve or that we have not earned, then for believers like you and me, the eternal wellspring of gratitude flows directly from the atoning cross 
of Jesus Christ, the one who healed the leper, the one who heals the world. And although it is autumn and not spring, make no mistake, there is a beeline directly from Good Friday to Thanksgiving Day. St. Paul says it this way, and if you're looking for magic words, truly magic words, words that will evoke genuine gratitude, look no further than these. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Amen.